Hello, horror fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh, oh the, horror. the horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow. Add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And you can check out our website, ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Connect to us on Instagram. Connect to our Facebook group. The Book of Faces. And check the entire back catalog of Oh The Horror, which we are at episode 70 this week. Yeah, just cranking them out like widgets. As uh, this drops on Monday, uh, we hope everyone had a lovely Easter Sunday. I hope you didn't have to hunt for eggs in snow. Yeah, it was possible. Yeah, for yeah. us, yeah, very possible for great. It was many a reality. <laughs> it was a rea- reality for yes. some. Yes, yes. It's uh, and not the nice fluffy white stuff either. That kind of pellet, yeah. styrofoam pellet stuff that you get in the spring. You only get that in the spring. I call that beanbag chair snow because it looks like the oh beans in God, a beanbag yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I call it is the ice melter snow because it looks like those it does ice look melter like the pellets. Ice melt pellets. Yep. And they melt just as fast as they uh, they come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couple announcements to make. As we get into next, this will be next month would be May. Mm -hmm. During those episodes, I think we're going to see some changes with the hosting platform where we're actually going to be able to pump out um, a link and a location for donations. Hey! Yeah, so if you want to donate to the podcast, that will be available hopefully in May. Right. Uh, We also spoke of it the last episode and we're diligently going to look at it but we figured we capture your attention at this point mm-hmm. if there's a charity you love yes and that you stand by mm-hmm. send us a link you could do it on the facebook group do it through instagram or our email address at oth at seriously mm-hmm. and let us know what it is we'll check it out right and uh yeah we thought of we, we thought of this quite a bit and we were like you know why don't we have the donation bit available when it comes down the pike for us. But in the meantime, right. Get uh, these little kind of charitable organizations that people are, are right. into. Yeah. And if we're into them as well, we'll share them out or give them a shout out on an episode or something like that. So I've also been sharing, and you may have seen it if you're in the Facebook group, um, the Darksome Arts and Crafts market every time they are shouting out an artisan i'm sharing it because you can go to the artisans uh web page yeah and you can purchase anything that tickles your fancy so if you would prefer not to see those posts you can let me know but i'm just trying to trying to give you a little something something yeah yeah and help out a artisan which is always a good thing yeah I mean, Evercrumblian Witch is one of them. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can at least attest to their hats. Yeah, they're And good at folks. one point, they did have um, an artisan who was a taxidermist. Remember, had all the taxidermied mice? All oh, the mice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so cool. So, I mean, you can go as 
as odd and cool and weird as you want. Yeah. No, I I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. In passing with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was glad that you were putting those putting those out and sharing them yeah. in the group. Because there's some, there's some really neat stuff. I'm trying to, I know we've got some witches, so I'm trying to add some of the witch-related stuff, you know, like spells or uh, quote-unquote spell of the day, which is really just like a mantra. Yeah. Um, You know, just to try and give everybody a little something-something. And I do share the Ouija board pictures, but I'm going to say this again. No Ouija boards. I know, the Barbie Ouija board. Oh, my God. Can I tell you how infuriated I was when I I saw, saw that? I saw that picture, and I was like, this is another time. I wanted like a nanny cam in the house <laughs> to see your reaction for things. I, the the nanny, nanny cam is only good if it also has audio because yeah. the words I invent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, I'm glad I wasn't around. It's been a rough hour at least. It's just, and on top of that, and furthermore, that's all I, (laughs) but you deal with that with me. It's kids. You want them to get possessed? Yeah. Or even just, uh, and I don't care if it says totally yes or totally no. Oh, it's all about boys. That was like driven right about boys. Yeah. 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 And bye for now. (laughs) Fucking Barbie. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, that that was my that was my moment. Yeah, that's my issue. <laughs> so why don't we cast all that aside? You know what? Be a good thing to talk about now. Angels. Yeah, it yeah. would. It would. It would. It <laughs> turn this around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode seventy, angels in our holy month. Yes, yes. Of, I'm uh, very of, excited of episodes here in uh, in April. As promised, guys, I've got one. One source. Yes. The Encyclopedia of Angels by Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Rosemary. (laughs) Rosemary. (laughs) Oh, we got to get her on the show. I don't know if she would want to, (laughs) especially if she's heard it. She'd be like, um, uh, that's a hard pass. (laughs) I would have her listen to the like two episodes where you're very excited about the book. And then after Demons, where you're just like, you know, I'd be glad if I never read this book again. I'd be like, here, you've got the full spectrum of Jen. Buyer but beware. here's the thing. Yeah. Even when I said I'd be grateful if I never had to read it again, I used it as a source at least four other times after that. Oh, at least. Yeah. 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 I would like to talk to her just to see, like, how she just got all that information. Like, how long it took and you know, just, uh, I don't know because was she, it pretty... she cites sources after every, yeah, well, that's what you do. And it's an encyclopedia. Yeah. But I mean, just to, <laughs> just to collect all of that yeah. and then to hash out what's applicable to that section. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a lot of, I, I think she'd be amazing. nothing, but if you don't want to talk to her, I do. <laughs> I'm just I didn't that. say I didn't want to talk to her. I said, she didn't want to talk to us. Well, probably more me. If she doesn't want to talk to you, she, she can, can talk, talk to, to me. Yeah. yeah. I have a uh, number of sources. Her. I didn't do the book because I knew you were going to be uh, just nose deep in it. I sure were. And uh, But I definitely want to read it again because what I think first and foremost before I 
bring my sources out. Uh, Dino, you think? He's got some things to say. Yeah, he's like, I'm out of here. I like angels too. Yep. I'm going to chew on my antler. Bye, guys. So so basically, this is going to be the 10,000-foot view of angels. We're going to stay high. We'll yeah. dive deep here and We're there. We're diving deep into, um, I did five or six mm-hmm. of the the biggies. Yeah, but what I'm getting at is is like uh like demons and like ghosts and witches and things like that. We we did the high level bit yep. and then there's more episodes to come. Right, where we specific can angels dive we'll dive yeah. into. We'll do you know, you do one, I do one or something like that. Oh, there's some So, oh, there's, there's some, some juicy amazing nuggets. stories. Uh so I always start with the wiki. Miriam Webster. They had a uh, howstuffworks.com thing of uh, the angel of death. Oh. Yeah. And um, some sites on the hierarchy of angels, angels in Judaism, Mm -hmm. and uh, Christian angelology. Angelology. Angelology, yeah. I'm phlegmy today. I hope it doesn't come through as much, but... So, yeah, where do you want to kick this off? Because I, I was it. thinking about that. So, I think when you think of angels, you think of stories from the Bible mm-hmm. or uh, movies, television, yeah. or the cute little angel statues or figurines yeah. of, or art. And at any rate, whatever your reference, they are quite the enigma, mm-hmm. honestly. They yeah. can be powerful and strong, understanding, and at times unwavering. They can be good or bad. Think the angel on your shoulder. There's always the the good angel and then the devil representing the bad angel. Mm-hmm. And the devil, of course, is our fallen angel, Satan or Lucifer. So angels can be broken down into the following categories. We have angels, which is one angel is assigned to every person to accompany that individual everywhere. That's your guardian angel. That's like the regular angels. <clears throat> Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are archangels and Mm -hmm. they direct everything in creation according to the plan of God. This is your Gabriel, your Michael, your Raphael. Donatello. No, 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 no. That's a turtle. Do they like pizza too, though? (laughs) I don't know. Then there are archons. But but these are roles assigned to them explicitly by God. Correct. Archangels. Just to kind of put a hard definition to that. Yes, they are following the plan of God, and mm-hmm. they are making sure. And archangels aren't really supposed to communicate with people well, directly. Unless it's part of the plan. Exactly. So, again, the archons, they govern the elements and the weather. Then there are the powers, and they prevent the demons from destroying the world. Mm-hmm. There are the dominions. They rule over earthly kingdoms and decide the outcome of wars. And in biblical battle descriptions, they are angels riding on red horses. Thrones. They stand before God and guard the gate of the Holy of Holies. They glorify God every hour with hymns of holy, holy, holy. Then there's the cherubim. They stand before God and reverence his throne and keep the seals. They sing the hourly holy, 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 along with the seraphim. And the seraphim stand before God and serve his inner chamber, and they sing the holy, holy, holy with the cherubim. Yeah. 
Did you see what the definition of seraphim is? No. Fiery ones. The fiery ones. Okay. Yeah. All right. I always just um, thought that it'd be a cool thing to be, the fiery one. <laughs> I would like to be the sassy one. Is that is that <laughs> in there? Sassy one, yeah. Um, angels we may recognize, Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, Uriel, Azrael. Um, and these are from Bible stories. They have made appearances in movies and television, etc. Mm-hmm. And those familiar with Supernatural would think uh, Castiel, Michael, Gabriel, Metatron, and Abaddon. Yeah. So let's discuss these angels in more detail. It should be noted, there is no Castiel listed in the encyclopedia for angels, but there is a Cassiel, C-A-S-S-I-E-L, yeah. which could have been the inspiration for Castiel. Yeah. Or they just went so far and realized they pronounced it wrong and they're like, you know what? We're, we're just, just going to go with it. Castiel, Castiel, <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> Whatever, man. It rolls off. It, it reads well. So let's start with Michael. He is the most prominent and greatest angel in Christian, Jewish, and Islamic lore. Yeah. Michael in Hebrew means who is like God or who is as God. He is uh, Chaldean in origin, and in angelologies, he has many roles. He's a warrior, priest, protector, healer, and guardian. He holds numerous offices in heaven. He is chief of the virtues and archangels, one of the angels of the presence, a prince of light, angel of truth, and angel of repentance, righteousness, mercy, and salvation. Some roles overlap with those of other great archangels like Uriel, Gabriel, and Raphael. And of the four, he is the primary aspect of the angel of the Lord. He also shares similar similarities with Metatron and Melchizedek. He also has duties as the angel of death. So Michael is mentioned by name in the Old Testament books of Daniel mm-hmm. and New Testament books of Jude and Revelation. And Daniel... He is the guardian angel or prince of the people of God, Israel. In Exodus 23, 20, God promises to send his angel before them. Though Michael is not named here, it is widely interpreted that he is the angel mentioned. Jude makes references to the archangel Michael contending with Satan over the body of Moses. According according to Jewish lore, Michael became angry at Satan's contention that Moses was a murderer and therefore was not worthy of burial. In Revelation, Michael and his legions battle Satan and his forces and defeat them. They are thrown down. They are nu- there are numerous other references to the angel of Yahweh and the angel of the Lord and are interpreted as meaning Michael. In Zechariah uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, and the angel of the Lord, who is interpreted as Michael, confronts Satan before God and the high priest Joshua and serves as the guide to Zechariah in his vision. Numerous apparitions of Michael have been reported over the centuries. Hard stop for a second. I had no idea. I had no idea that there were sightings of Michael. I knew of the sightings of St. Joseph Mm -hmm. or of the Virgin Mary, but I had no idea that Michael had actually made some appearances. So... And this was especially in the first millennium of Christianity as he supplanted pagan gods of protection, battle, and healing. 
These apparitions usually occurred on or near mountaintops or rocky outcrops, which became the sites of healing springs and miracles. Shrines, churches, and even great abbeys were built at these places and were dedicated to Michael. They have attracted countless pilgrims. Some of the most famous are Michaelian Constantinople, Eusebios Constantinople, Shawnee uh, Frigeria in Asia Minor, Monte Gargano in Italy, St. Michael's Mount in England, and Mont St. Michael in France. And then apparently he made several appearances in Spain. So, like, it's not even just, like, a place. They just put... Spain. <laughs> no, yeah, that was that was the interesting part when I was reading about it. And that gets back to what I was talking about earlier where we're definitely going to dive deep into, like, Michael's one of them. Michael's I mean, got to have like, his own episode. Oh, yeah, no, def- it, it's, uh, it's incredible, as you were saying, just the variety of locations. Yeah. And not really dealing with, like, a specific period of time like yeah, a specific no. like yeah. this or that it's just this all over encompassing fact that he's showing up in places <laughs> yeah <laughs> and everybody's just yeah i don't know you know <laughs> just, hey did you guys see the angel up on the mountain like yeah. what is that about are we okay like should should we call somebody <laughs> it would be weird i think i might I, shit my pants yeah, because, like, I talk about how, like, I've never seen a ghost or anything like that. Yeah. And I will tell you, a ghost is startling, but. That would freak me out, though. If, yeah, like, yeah. if I saw any of the angels or Mary yeah. or Joe, any of them. Well. I, I, I know, I, I would lose my shit. I would lose yeah, control yeah. of all of my bodily functions. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. And I would forever be changed. Like, I would never be the same person again. Well, and I read an article. I have it up now, just kind of browsing through it. The um, it was, It's from the Atlantic, and it's called The Science of Near-Death Experiences. Mm-hmm. It's uh, empirically investigating brushes with the afterlife. Right. And, you know, it's the typical stuff. Uh, that kind of science merits itself down, you know, the brain shuts down yeah, and you know, this is all mechanisms of the brain. They can explain how these near death experiences happen, but they can't do the why, which is really like, yeah. as you start getting into these things and me being a previous uh, agnostic type mm-hmm. person, I'm well versed in this stuff where like science has this great way of saying how things are happening. Yeah. But the the big question, the meat and potato question is why? Yeah. And and yeah, that's only where take you so far. Yeah, and that's where it comes off a cliff. And then, mm-hmm. you know, now you're dealing with mathematical models and all that type of stuff. But what's interesting You lost me at the math. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but getting back to the reactionary part of angels versus ghosts. Right. You can really see it in what they call NDEs, near death experiences. Mm-hmm. And with an NDE, it's amazing because there's this whole transformation of the person. Like before the NDE, they were maybe just a kind of card-carrying member of the church, so to speak, would go on Mm -hmm. some Sundays or just the holidays, or as extreme as didn't believe and didn't go to church. 
never went to like mm-hmm. Sunday school mm-hmm. or anything as a kid. So really had no exposure to it other mm-hmm. than say television or yeah. whatever kind of media is around them, books or articles or wherever. But yet they all have this consistent after post NDE thing where, oh, they're wearing the cross. They're going to church every Sunday. <laughs> they're praying every day. I mean, like it's a it's a massive transformation. So remember when I told you I survived had that yeah. uh, series of the people with the near death experiences? Mm-hmm. There was a guy on there who his near death experience. He went to hell, mm-hmm. and he described in detail yeah. his torture in hell. Now I think he was only out for like four minutes or something like that. And then he came back. But afterward, he was like, I don't want to go back to yeah. that place. And if that's what's waiting what do, for what me. What do I got to do to yeah, get out exactly. of that? Yeah, exactly. Whatever it he takes. He shifted yeah. his entire life. Oh, no. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you'll see people and you'll hear people talk about seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, no, the house is haunted. There's something floating around there. But they don't really change their ways. No. They're going about their things. No. You know, and, and that, to me, just seems... Like there's a little, this gets back into the why this stuff happens with NDEs. Cause right. like, yeah, you're, let's just look at it from just to just shoot the shit about it. Like you're looking at literally a near death experience. Like you're yes. dying. You die. It's died. the end. Yeah. And some stories you have where this angel comes down or yep. angel like presence. It's not your time yet. Yep. And pulls, pulls you, you back. out. Mm-hmm. And that's, I can't even imagine the the feeling of that. And that just shows that there was such a presence there. Yes. Compared to a ghost or even a person. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, it is incredibly different or difficult to change people. Yes. Even on mild things. Yes. Let alone a whole transformation yeah. of how they look at their existence, yeah. how they stay. A life-altering shift. It, yeah. Just total life mm-hmm. alter 180 spin, turn around, and this is where I do believe in angels. Yes. I believe in angels more than I believe in ghosts, and I'm not saying ghosts aren't real. Right. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying if you had to measure my belief structure yes. on like a gauge that swings from like zero to ten, I'm pegged at 10 with angels. Well, I have to say. I'm a little like in the five-ish area through there. After doing demonology. Yeah. And there's no doubt in my mind that the occurrence and the realness of demons is legit. Yeah. The opposite of that is angels. So if, if we have to agree that, yes, there are demons, then... Yes, there have to be angels. Well, and this is conversations I have with people that are kind of in doubt with their faith or in doubt with spirituality. Yes. And I'm just getting at the end. Like when I talk to people even about Christianity Christianity and stuff, I say, look, let's just put that aside. Let's shelf that for a second. Yes. Let's just talk about spirituality, period. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in good and do you believe in bad? Yeah. It's really that simple. Yeah, at the end because of the day. Because if you believe there's bad out there, then there has to be good. And right. if you believe that there's good out there, there has to be there bad. There has to be bad. And then that's where the whole the whole foundation of it sits. So even if you don't believe in Christianity, even if you don't believe in Judaism mm-hmm. or it 
Islam or any of this stuff. But if you believe that there's good and bad, then it's if there's a force that Mm -hmm. basically defends good Mm -hmm. and there's a force that just defends bad. Yeah. You're in a spiritual realm now. Yes. And this is, like I said, where science to me ultimately failed me. Right. At the end of the day, being an agnostic, borderline atheist. Right. Committed pretty much almost to the core. I found just as I read more about science with all this, it just, I, okay, that's the what. That's what's happening. Right. But you're not telling me what the why is. Yeah. You don't know what the why is. Yeah. And the why is the real juicy question. Yeah, it's the juicy nuggets. So like an NDE, you could sit there and say, oh, yeah, no, these three meth heads beat this woman out, drug her out into the road, beat the hell out of her. And because her brain wasn't functioning properly or a lack of oxygen or, Mm -hmm. you know, bleeding excessively and this system goes into this mode and it's a protection mode. It's like, okay, why does the body go in that protection mode? Yeah. You think it's just lucky science that, or yeah. lucky biology that every single body goes into this protection mode. Right. Yeah. In these situations and they all see the same thing. Yes. It's like we're, we're getting into the realm of coincidences here that is insane. Yeah. And then <laughs> not only does that happen, but they do this 180 change around yeah. or they're even more emboldened yes. in their belief structure. Yep. And it's just ride or die. Mm-hmm. And that's when demonology started changing me around full on because yeah. I'm reading just demonic story after demonic story, possession after possession after yeah. possession. Yeah. And the end was the same. They either lost into it yes. and, and it took all of them. Yep. They it either lose all, themselves. They to lost the themselves evil. into it mm-hmm. and in the evil, or they turned into a spiritual Devout person. Well, no, they just turned into this spiritual awakening where Mm -hmm. they realize, all right, there's this, there's this force, there's this Mm -hmm. side, Mm -hmm. there's this thing that I have to start pursuing myself to. And, and that's where, like I said, I just, the angels thing to me is. So one of the podcasts I listen to, Bigfoot Collectors Club. Yeah, yeah. At every time they have on a guest, they do a game they call Bullshit or Believe It. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just a series of questions. And and if you are open to it, to whatever the question is, yeah. you believe it. And if you think it's a bunch of bunk or you don't believe it, you say bullshit. And demons, like, do you believe in demons? Yeah. The number of people who say no. They also have, do you believe in angels? The number of people who say no. Yeah. And Every time I listen to it and somebody says no, like they don't believe in heaven, they don't believe in hell, they yeah. don't believe in demons, they don't believe in angels, but they believe in the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, man, I would love to have that blissful unawareness of well, the entire world that's happening around me. Like, how do you not see the evil? How do you not see that that's demonic? From my personal experience going through the whole phase of it, mm-hmm. I know for me, deep down, I, I had two different walls in front of me. The mm-hmm. The outwardly wall was, ah, it's just a bunch of horse shit. Okay. Doesn't make sense. Or right. it's a coincidence. Just yeah. throw a tag term and put it out there. Yep. The inside wall was more that scares the hell out of me. 
Like if it's, if that is real, then I really, I have no idea what's going on. Like I have no idea. I don't have control in my life. And I think that's the struggle. Okay. Because to admit it, to admit. It's not just to admit it. It's to believe it. Yeah. I know when I was in the agnostic atheist bit of it, Mm -hmm. and you were a part of that with me, you've seen both sides of me now. Yes, I have. That person was in control of their life. No one was controlling my life. I was the creator of my own solutions. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, Mm -hmm. there was no one. You were the driver. There was no one shoving shoving me around. There was no wind. I was the wind in my sails. I was, you know. You were the wind beneath your wing. Yes, I was. No, (laughs) I I was just the, I was the ship. Yep. I was the ship. I was the wind. I was all of it. And and now I, I look back and it's like, it's that control. Because not having that control is scary. Yes. And to give it up and say, all right, yeah, no, I don't have this control. Mm-hmm. And I remember Chris, uh, the guy who really started turning me around, around yeah. on things. He mentioned something because I was like, you know, I just don't understand faith. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand how you can just pull it. Through, let go you know, and let just, God. Yeah, well, and just the concept of faith, yeah. faith, and mm-hmm. just that God's there, and mm-hmm. like you know, you can't see Him or whatever. Mm-hmm. He goes, "All right." He goes, "When you're outside and it's windy out, he's like, how do you know it's windy?" And I was like, "Well, because you can feel it, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, you can see trees blowing." He goes, "Yeah, but can you see wind?" And that just like yeah. snapped my fingers with it. I was just like, "Yeah, you know, you got a point." Yeah, you don't actually see the you wind, in, you see the effects. The effects of from wind. From the wind, yes. And that's a real that was really enough to kind of really start getting momentum in me of like, yeah, all right, I get what you're saying now. And I I might be so bold as to say that yes, that was an excellent mm-hmm. reference because you can feel the love of God when he's there and he's helping you and he's guiding you. You can feel that. Oh yeah. Well, I was talking about that with you yesterday. Yeah. Like, I just felt God all day. Yes. And if it's not God, it's just somebody there. That's probably it's probably your thing angel. There. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's an angel yeah. or whatever that just, I felt it there all parts of the day because it was my last day on the job. All, do you think the other guardian angels are high-fiving your guardian angel? Because they're like, you Dude, did it, man. you got them. Well, no, and that's something, <laughs> like, I actually have notes written down of a book idea that I was thinking of this like guardian angel. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm going to announce it on podcast. Somebody's going to write a better book than I would have. But, <laughs> but no, it's, I I had this idea of like a guardian angel who's like called to task for yep. this person. Yep. And it's just all set. Like, all right, this is what I got to do. And it's just failure after failure <laughs> after failure. You know, and you got to be there and be there and be there. And it's just failure after failure. And then. 46 years later, <laughs> you know, there's this moment. Get some wins like, on the yes, board. Yes, yes. <laughs> score. You know, just the. About freaking you, time, yeah, man. you know, and then like that angel's like able to fucking hang out with the other angels and be like, yeah, dude, you're all right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, yeah, it's a weird, weird situation. But the wind thing really turned me around because I was like, yeah, if I was in an open field. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't trees around, right? And say the grass, say the grass was cut. You know, like yeah. there's 
other things that you have to see to acknowledge the wind is blowing. Right. And that air is moving. You either feel it. Yes. Or you see a dust cloud or you see grass wave back and forth. Right. You see trees sway back or you even see like clouds move mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. But you don't actually physically see wind. Correct. You and, do not. And uh, for like the Holy Spirit and things like that, that's what I try to communicate to people. It's like angels, actions of angels, Holy Spirit, all of that. That's, I'm, I'm just so glad I have that like connective tissue to yeah. like, or that it was a good analogy. It's an awesome analogy. It's the best one I've heard to date. Yeah. I, really, really good. So off that tangent. So more on Michael. Yeah. Michael who? <laughs> <laughs> In Muslim lore, the angels Gabriel, Michael, Israfil, and Azrael bring dust from the four corners of the world, and with it, Allah creates the body of Adam to form the head and heart. However, Allah chooses dust from the site of Mecca, where the holy Kaaba later rises. Mecca is the navel of the earth for Muslims, as Mount Moriah is for Hebrews and Delphi is for the Greeks. Michael's wings are emerald green, and covered with saffron hairs. Each hair contains a million faces who speak a million dialects, all imploring the pardon of Allah. And when Michael cries over the sins of the faithful, his tears create cherubim. So what a cool what a cool thing to have. When you cry, you cry out little cherubim angels. Mm-hmm. So Michael has two feast days. May 8th, which commemorates the dedication of a basilica in honor of him on the Salarian Way, about six miles outside of Rome, and September 29th, known as Michaelsmas. He is the patron saint of grocers, mariners, paratroopers, police, and sickness. My favorite is what these archangels are patron saints of. Yeah. Because, oh boy, it's good. Yeah. So let's get on to our buddy, Raphael. (laughs) He's one of the principal angels in Judeo-Christian angelologies. Uh, He's accorded the rank of archangel, and Raphael's name originates from the Hebrew Rapha, which means healer or doctor. This Raphael is the shining one who heals, also the medicine of God. He is often connected with the symbol of healing, the serpent. You know, like the serpent on the uh, medical seal? Yeah. Uh, He is entrusted with the physical well-being of the earth and the human inhabitants. And in Christian lore, he is regarded as one of the friendliest of the angels. So if you're going to meet an archangel, hope it's Raphael. So Raphael's an angel you could have a beer with. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) He is one of four archangels together with Michael, Gabriel, and Uriel, who are sometimes uh, aspects of the angel of the Lord. Raphael is not mentioned by name in scripture. He is best known as the angel guide and teacher in the apocryphal book of Tobit. In that, Raphael teaches the arts of both healing and exorcism. He acts as a guide and companion on a journey, thus making him the angel of travelers and safety. He imparts the message that God is always with his people and sends his angels to aid them. Raphael has numerous titles and duties. He is counted among the seven angels who stand before God mentioned in Revelation and is part of five orders of angels, seraphim, archangels, cherubim, dominions, and powers. He is the angel of the evening winds, guardian of the tree of life, and angel of joy, light, and love. He is sometimes identified as an aspect of the angel of great counsel, 
the angel of peace, angel of prayer, the angel of repentance, an angel of the earth, and an angel of the planets. He is the patron saint of the blind, happy meetings, nurses, physicians, and travelers. Gabriel! Dude! One of the three principal angels of Christianity, along with Michael and Raphael, and the most important angel in Islamic angelology, Gabriel also appears in Jewish angelology. The name Gabriel means hero of God or the mighty one. Gabriel is the angel of revelation, wisdom, mercy, redemption, glad tidings, and promise. Dude. He's the angel of a lot. Yeah. He sits at the left hand of God. He is mentioned four times in the Bible in connection with important news. Gabriel is among the angels identified as the angel of death, angel of great counsel, angel of peace, angel of prayer, angel of truth, and is one of angels um, of earth, angels of the Lord of the spirits, Angels over the consummation, angels of mercy, and one of the angels of destruction sent to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He is an angel of January, the moon, Mars, winter, and Aquarius. And I should note, in Rosemary's book, she breaks down, essentially, there's an angel for every day. There's yeah. an angel for every month. Every there's occasion. an angel for every season. Yeah. Um, the Zodiac has... Each signs of the Zodiac has their angel. It's pretty, I'm telling you, if you, angels are your jam, you need this book. Yeah. It's amazing. So Gabriel's feast day is March 24th. He is the patron saint of telecommunications workers. Gabriel, you do so many things and they sack you with them. They sack it, yeah. Radio broadcasters, messengers, postal workers, clerics, diplomats, and my personal favorite, stamp collectors. What? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Say the thing. <laughs> that was in the book. I didn't write the book, man. Yeah, we got to have her on the show. <laughs> I got questions. How do you know? That's going to be my opener. So stamp collecting. How do you know Gabriel is the patron How do you know Gabriel? Stamp you know, collecting. Did they even have stamps back then? That's... <laughs> well, that's a funny thing with these stories with angels. I mean, they go back long ways. Yes, These they are do. old stories. Yeah. These are very old stories. Yeah. And... And I think that's what's amazing about it from a reality standpoint is they've stayed the same through. So it's spoken word, it's yep. written word, yep. it's it's all of that, and it's held together. Mm-hmm. And you think about it, how hard is that to hold together? I mean, you have that infamous phone game thing where, you know. Right. In a room gets, with 20 people, the message. Morphed, and that's 10 minutes, not, <laughs> exactly. you know, 5,000 years or something like that, you know. <laughs> no. And, uh yeah, I, I read somewhere. I think I, I think I first heard it from Jordan Peterson or something like that. That uh, spoken word stories could last, they say, up to like ten thousand, fifteen thousand years, something like that. Because I mean, you look at Native American stories. Yeah. It's a great example. Yeah, I always I always say that with people, like, you know, well. 
that happened way back then. How could it not be morphed through and all that? It's like, well, Native Americans have kind of proven that. Yeah. Here in the States. Yeah. And I imagine it's the same in other countries, like the Aboriginals in mm-hmm. Australia and things like that. Yeah. I mean, you have these... Well, uh, their language, their culture, they didn't write any of that down. No, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's all passed down yep. word to mouth. and so Generation with, to generation. Yeah, so with the indigenous folks here mm-hmm. and Native Americans, you know, uh, you have these, these dances, these songs. Oh, and yeah. They, and they yep. all have... It's not just a song. It's not something that you listen to... Right. No, everything has a meaning. Like it has this meaning. Yep. It's a deep rooted meaning. And it's not only a meaning for the occasion, but it's a meaning of that occasion for many, many generations. And it has this just connective experience of not only experiencing this situation currently, right. but yeah. it's the same experience that you're ancestors experienced it and, and and they experienced it the same exact way right and um i listened to and i subscribe to a couple uh native american podcasts mm-hmm. that are uh their hosts are first nations yeah um and then most of them are about missing and murdered indigenous um peoples yeah. Yeah. and the need to bring awareness to it mm-hmm. so one of the big things is the Native American community finally decided that when they do their powwow, that they're going to do this healing dance for these missing and murdered indigenous people. And they actually play the song that was written for them. And like you, you can feel the pain in, in the song itself, but you can also feel where they're trying to like, help bring peace Mm -hmm. to the departed so that, you know, they can rest in peace. It was very, very moving and very like, yeah. Yeah. It was quite intense. I've seen a lot of videos of those rituals and then like I sit there and I'm like, and what are the ones that they don't want videos of? Like, yeah, exactly. And this was was just audio. And I was amazed at the reaction that they got just from chanting yeah yeah and man no and that's where i i can see the connect yeah the connection of these stories because i i don't think you know you don't have to look far for this stuff it's right in front of you yeah yeah that's the that's the thing Mm -hmm. and you know where people will look at the bible and say you know well you know and they started going tit for tat on who wrote it and when they wrote it and what this means. Was it valid and, even though it wasn't from the era and all that other stuff? It's there's like, look, no way a person could be in the belly of a whale. You know, <laughs> there's no way you can get two of each species, two of each species on a boat. on the boat. You know, yeah. yeah. And, and they all have, you know, these are all stories. Like Noah and Jonah and the whale, like all, all those stories are old stories. My favorite meme yeah. is the ark. And, like, you can see the heads of the giraffe. And these two dinosaurs are standing yeah. on the edge of the shore, and they're like, oh, man, was that today? Today, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but those are old stories. Yeah. They're very old stories, and you can tell just by how they're told. Right, yes. Those are old stories that were passed verbally down. Mm-hmm. And, like, even, like, Genesis getting into basically that first half of Genesis there, those are old stories. They really are. 
And I have to say, side note, has nothing to do with anything. But every time I hear the word Genesis, I can't help but think of the music group. All right. So which music group? <laughs> Phil Collins Genesis or Peter Gabriel Genesis? Both. Oh, both. Okay. Just Genesis. It's yeah. the band. If you had to listen to Genesis, see, you got me started on music now. It's a dangerous road we're going okay. down. If you had to listen to Genesis right now, would you listen to Peter Gabriel Genesis or Phil Collins Genesis? I would pick. You have your choice. I would pick Phil Collins only because he's got the bigger catalog. So if I want to. One song. Just oh, one just song. one song? Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, no. Would it be, are you craving Phil Collins or are you craving Peter Gabriel? I think I would have to start with Peter Gabriel. That's a good choice. We're and still going to stay together. Then I would have That's- Then I would have to, <laughs> and then there were three, yeah, go to yeah, uh, yeah, Phil yeah, Collins. Yeah. I'm not going to take anything away from Phil Collins. No you know what? way. A I'm- drummer steps up and is like, fine, I, I can do this. It's amazing because, like, self-confession, I'm a drummer. But, like, the bad <laughs> rep drummers get. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I get it. Like, yeah. it does fit in some some areas. But there are just some phenomenal drummers. Like, like the drummer from Queen. Yeah. That guy has a voice that is insanely amazing. Yeah. He has an amazing voice. And you really saw it when Freddie was like on the decline mm-hmm. and he wasn't feeling well. And right. There were shows where he couldn't do it. He couldn't get like the intensity that he used to get. Yeah. And, but they still sounded like that. And they sounded like that because a drummer would hop in and yep. hit these notes that are insane. Yeah. And on top of that, he's throwing these drum fills out like a freaking yeah. lunatic. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's where I wonder with Genesis, like how hard it was for Phil to leave the set to go to the mic up front. Like that's a, yeah. as a drummer, yeah, I understand that because like, it's not like he, like if he was a drummer, like if he wasn't the first drummer of, or, you know, or like original drummer of Genesis, I don't think it would have been that bad for him to step up front, but it's right. like you started this band out and he's the drummer. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was the original like drummer at the start. Right. I think they had somebody else and then, and then he came in and like just wowed him because yeah. he's fucking phenomenal. Right. But I just, as a drummer, like having this band as your baby, so to speak, you've created all this, this right. catalog of amazing songs. And then your front man just goes, it's not goes crazy. He was crazy the whole he time. He was crazy all along. You yeah. know, but it just, it couldn't be caged anymore to <laughs> couldn't be contain this in a crazy band, anymore. you know, yeah. to be functioning in a band. And then they're, oh, who's going to sing now? Oh, well, we'll just have Phil do it from behind the kit, like in the studio. Yeah. But like live, you can't just have like the band and the drummer sing. The only band that did that was the band. Yeah. You know, where they had the drummer singing, but it's like the stage presence like totally goes away. And that's mm-hmm. what Genesis sold was that stage presence. Cause you know, Peter Gabriel was crazy. Yeah. But you never knew what you were going to oh, get. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> but yeah, I always wondered like, no one's ever, uh, like, I've never heard him ask that in an interview where it's just like, how hard was it to leave how the set? How much of a mind fuck was it to get out from behind the kit, walk over, get in the little booth, and do and lay down your vocal tracks? Well, no, in, 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 a, in a studio setting, I don't see where that would be a problem at all. But, like, in a live setting, like, 
Yeah. As a drummer, you're kind of protected from everybody. It, mm-hmm. it literally is yeah. a wall. You're not exposed at all. No. You just, you you're have this. You're closed off. Yeah, you're in your cage. little domain. You're in a cage, yeah. you know. And for him to walk out in front of that and, and leave the drums open to another person playing it. Because it's not like it's just, you know, Stu, yeah. the drummer that was going to sing now. It's Phil yeah. Collins, the drummer, who's going to sing now. And like, is this person going to play drums well enough yeah yeah i I don't know yeah so back to angels (laughs) uriel he's one of the most important angels and you never hear from him that's true never hear about him he's described as an archangel a seraph and cherub uriel probably means fire of god or god is my light Mm. Uriel is often identified as one of four primary angels along with michael gabriel and raphael Possible aspects of the angel of the Lord. He is not part of the official Catholic canon, but he is prominent in Jewish texts and apocryphal writings. Uriel is among the angels identified as the angel of death, the angel of great counsel, angel of peace, angel of truth, and is one of the angels of the earth, angels of the presence, angels over the consummation, and one of the angels of destruction sent to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He is an angel of September, summer, and Libra and Aquarius. In one Enoch, Uriel, Suriel, is identified as a guide to Enoch on his trip through the layers of heavens. He is the angel who watches over thunder and terror. As a cherub, Uriel is said to, uh, Uriel is said to stand to guard the gate of Eden with fiery sword in hand. He also appears as a benign angel who attacks Moses for not observing the circumcision rite of his son, a soul, uh, I'm sorry, a rule credited um, also to Gabriel. In the Testament of Solomon, Uriel thwarts uh, error who leads men astray, and he is one of the seven planetary rulers. He is portrayed as a stern and punishing angel. Enoch said, He is head of the seven archangels, and he presides over Tartarus, or hell, where he pursues punishment of sinners. And according to the Apocalypse of St. Peter, this punishment consists of, get a load of this, Mm. burning sinners in everlasting fire and hanging blasphemers by their tongues over the unquenchable fires. That's some Vlad the Impaler stuff Exactly. And on the day of judgment, he will break the brazen gates of Hades and assemble all the souls before the judgment seat. Mm. Uriel is among the angels identified as the dark angel who wrestles Jacob. In the prayer of Joseph, Uriel states, I have come down to earth to make my dwelling among men, and I am called Jacob by name. The exact meaning of this statement is not clear, but it suggests that Uriel might have become Jacob, thus making him the first angel of record to become immortal. Fun fact, put that in your little uh, trivia trivia bank and save that for later. The more you know. (laughs) All right. Azrael. In Jewish and Islamic angelologies. Wasn't Azrael the uh, cat in Smurfs? Or no. The bad person in Smurfs. There was an Azrael. Gargamel. Azrael. Azrael was his cat. You were right the first time. Yes. All right. Yes. I still got it. (laughs) Azrael is the angel of death. The name Azrael means whom God helps. 
with other angels charged with the same task, Azrael's hands are stretched out to receive the souls of evildoers in the agonies of dying. Azrael is one of the greatest of the angels, with his shape pleasing to the believer in order to facilitate the release from life. According to Sufi teacher Abdul Karim Hili, Azrael appears to the soul in, the, in a form provided by its most powerful metaphors. He may even manifest invisibly so that a man may die of a rose in aromatic pain or of a rotting stench. When the soul sees Azrael, it, quote unquote, falls in love and its gaze is thus withdrawn from the body as if by seduction. Great prophets and saints may be invited politely by um, Azrael in corporeal form as he did to Moses and Muhammad. So let's get to Metatron, which you never really hear about in the Bible, but he was huge in Supernatural, where he's described as the scribe of the Lord. Scribe, yeah. Those are good episodes, boy. Yeah. So I... I think Metatron deserves his own yeah. episode. Yeah. Because get a load of this. <laughs> Metatron in Jewish lore was one of the four great archangels and the greatest of angels, second only to God mm-hmm. and a lesser Yahweh in stature and power. In various accounts about Metatron, scarcely an angelic duty or function is not related to him. Primarily, he sustains the physical world and carries Jewish Jewish prayers through the 900 heavens to God. He is an important angelic figure in the Merkabah and the Kabbalah literature and the Talmud. Metatron apparently absorbed characteristics ascribed to the angel Joel. He is huge in size, a pillar of fire with 36 pairs of wings and myriad eyes. His face is more dazzling than the sun. As prince of the divine presence, he is the only angel who has the privilege of serving in God's immediate presence inside the curtain, the power of God, that surrounds God on his throne of glory. He stands at the top of the tree of life as the angel of Yahweh. He also is identified with the tree of knowledge of good and bad, which means he embodies both human and angelic perfection. This enables him to be an excellent interface between the two realms. But his success depends on the righteousness of humans. The good deeds of people generate a spiritual energy that literally vitalize Metatron, and without it, he grows weak and less effective. This is like... That's, that's, yeah. That's crazy. This is cool as shit. Yeah. So Metatron is the representative of God who led the tribes of Israel through the wilderness And he is one of the angels identified as the dark angel who wrestles with Jacob. He is sometimes identified as the dark angel who stays the hand of Abraham as he as he is about to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Um, And he is credited with ordering the angelic announcement of the coming of the flood. Metatron also is said to have given the wisdom of the Kabbalah to humanity. Metatron is sometimes called the prince of the countenance meaning he is the chief angel of those angels who are privileged to look upon the face of God. He serves as God's angel of death. Yeah. No pressure. It's and, quite a resume. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, there's, there's more. more I know. Instructing Gabriel and Samael, which human souls to take at any given moment. 
The flames that issue from him create legions of angels. He is minister to the throne of glory on which God sits. High priest of the heavenly temple, a role also ascribed to the archangel Michael. Minister of wisdom, who holds the secrets to all divine affairs and minister of the guardian angels of the 70 peoples of the world. In addition, he teaches prematurely dead children who arrive in paradise. Yeah. So let's get to the etymology of the name Metatron. Yeah. And it's unclear. Yeah. So the name appears in two forms, M-T-T-R-W-N and M-Y-T-T-R-W-N. Possibly the name itself was intended to be a secret and may have been produced through a glossolalia type of altered state of consciousness. Glossolalia is speaking in tongues and is perhaps best known for its part in charismatic religions. According to the Zohar, the name Metatron is the equivalent of Shaddai, one of the names of God. This association is derived from the mystical numerology called Gematria, which assigns a numerical value to each letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Names and words that have the same numerical value have a mystical connection. Yeah. So both Shaddai and Metatron equal, equal 314. As another aspect of God, Metatron is sometimes called the shining light of the Shekinah, and he whose name is like that of his master. So Eliezer of Worms, don't know who that is, gotta find out though, because what a name, man, speculated that Metatron might come from the Latin term metator, which means a guide, measurer, or one who prepares the way. And it's an apt description of this angel. Other possible etymologies are the Greek term Metateranos, which means the one next to the ruler, and the Greek Greek term uh, homedathronon, which means the throne next to the divine throne or the second throne. The earliest references to Metatron in literature use the term as a simple noun and not as a proper name. Metatron is a guide or function. In the Sifre Deuteronomy, an early third century work from Palestine, God's finger is a Metatron to Moses and showed him the whole land of Israel. The Genesis Rabbah says the voice of God was made a Metatron over the waters. So here we've got this huge, rich description of Metatron. Yeah. And in Supernatural. He's a scribe. He's this dweeby angel who's relegated to... He's like the outcast angel. None of the other angels want anything to do with him. But like, he's like they they kind of depict him as like the librarian of God. Yeah, (laughs) for the most part. But I mean, God is Chuck. So I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can't really. That's where like the show's great to watch, but you can't like you can't throw weight around on it. The three fourteen things. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I started. No, and I I read that part of it. And then like, this is where you can get like crazy into stuff. Because like John 3.14 is, and just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. And all those connections with Moses with, you know, it's, it's weird. I have to say, this was. It was very difficult to write it 
all down because I'm like, these are. That's too much. Well, no, it's, it's that these are amazing figures. And how do you capture that? Like, how do you capture that with words when. I think this is where you start getting into faith. Their divine countenance. Yeah. Like exceeds all of that. It supersedes all of it. Yeah. And no, this is, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do any of this justice. No, I was I was curious <laughs> as to how the episode was going to come out today. Um, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. I, I'd like. What I we mean, did. we can't take it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we can now. We, we haven't can, published yes, it yet. <laughs> we could scrap this whole thing. I don't want to. But no, the, uh, I like it. I, I never like scrapping up. I want our first, like, I think everybody should know that if you haven't figured it out by now, every episode is the first take. Yeah. What you see there's is what you n- get. Yeah. There's no second take. There's no do-overs. We like, don't do do-overs. We rip no. them through. We rip them out. I do a little bit of editing. Yeah. You know, Jen's a, uh, you have your um words that you lean on mm-hmm. a bit. I have my, uh, you know, and a couple yeah. of other things. A little more I'm trying to, phase them in but you know it there it is i'll take that out (laughs) i'll leave that one in but it's uh yeah it's first take for us on this and and i was very concerned on how we would convey angels would we give them enough respect would we not yes uh would we be able like you were saying to convey their importance yeah to someone i think someone that has faith in this arena already has that importance assigned and can right, yes. just grab it and relate to it in but their own way. Angels aren't your jam. But if angels aren't your jam and yeah. you know you're the werewolf person and you know you're muddling through this episode. Okay, so uh, let me just throw this out to my werewolf peeps and my uh, yeah, my yeah. vampires, which is yeah. you have to admit yeah. that when you get down to the descriptions of these yeah. beings, because We'll put it that way. Sure. Being or entity, however you want to look yeah, at it. Yeah. There is a power and there is a might there that cannot be denied. And it's, it's tough to it's tough to argue against it. it yeah. Goes back and I to, mean, if you want to talk about a a strong character. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put. You can put any of those guys. Put any of your uh, your werewolf vampire yeah. or cryptid up against an angel yeah yeah because i'm gonna tell you the angel's gonna win every time what's well, demonology yeah and it's that's yeah. that is demonology yep demonology mm-hmm. is the categorization and identification of demons yeah and your ammunition of that is the faith angels yeah all of it you know yeah. i mean that's that's demonology in a nutshell yeah it gets back to where, like, you start putting this stuff into its root denominator, it gets down to good versus evil. Mm-hmm. It really is that yin yeah. and yang yep. bit. And and it's synonymous through every culture. Every culture has that good and the bad. Yes. The evil and the good, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark and light. Yes. And that's everything. It's Buddhism. It's, yeah. It's, Islam. You can't have uh, the darkness without the light, and you can't have the light without the darkness. Well, you just represent it, and you see it in in the world. You yeah. see it in your neighborhood. You see yeah. it in a person. I, I've watched, I've watched a lot of people in my lifetime that were great people, amazing people, and I just watched 
for lack of a better term, darkness consumed them. Mm -hmm. And it just started on this little bit and you didn't see it when it was first happening. And then all of a sudden it's there. And you you see this a lot with uh, the explanation of family members that have someone who's just totally, totally addicted and strong held held into drugs. And, and they just say, you know, you'll hear it like with mothers and stuff like that. Like, I know that's not, that's not my son. That's not my daughter. Yeah. And, and you see just the, the will just gone Mm -hmm. from them. Like they're just ready. Like they would quit if it wasn't their kid, you know? I mean, like it's just this, but you see this just worn, torn person and they look just as bad as the person addicted because they're just, they're tired. Yeah. They're worn out. Well, that's what addiction does. It's everything in their power. And no, Mm -hmm. and that's the whole thing. And like, and that's where, it's where if you don't have the faith in this stuff, it's easy to, it's, it's really easy to just sit there and say, well, yeah, no, there's no God, there's no angels. Cause why is that person falling like that? Yeah. What God would let that happen. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think the same thing as everything else nowadays is people aren't educated properly right. on why that's happening. Yes. God's not letting that happen. No, God gave you free will. God gave and you your free, free will, will and is you're choosing that. You're free. You are choosing that. Correct. And, and if you chose to turn to God, maybe you would make better choices. Well, yeah, you would you would be more inclined to say that's going to put me down a bad road and put me down some bad things and and that ultimately that's I think the easiest argument to have with someone who doesn't believe in any of that stuff and says, well, why do they let all this happen? And it's like, well, there's also a gift there in disguise. Cause if you're having a problem with drug addiction mm-hmm. and another person that's close to you dies of drug addiction mm-hmm. and you change your ways yes. and become sober. Yes. What's that? Yeah. Because would that person have ever quit if that person didn't die? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you hear these miraculous stories all over the place, you know, of people dying and all of a sudden these relationships form that never would have happened. Right. Yeah. You know, and you've got siblings talking to each other Mm -hmm. again and Mm -hmm. communicating and sharing their lives together. Tragedy does bring this. I mean, all the greatest books and stories have been written on it where tragedy brings this massive turnaround Mm -hmm. or this massive resolve, let's say. And that's where, again, it gets back to the whole science thing where, yeah, you can show me the what, and I'm with you all the way. You can show me the what, but once you get to the why, it's like your train just goes right off a cliff. I, you know, there's no, and then anything you do have with it, it's all this mathematical model right, stuff. Yeah. And it, it's, I'm going to be so bold as to say, I don't, I don't think they care to know why. Well, no, because the I think the the convenient excuse of scientists, Jen, we just haven't got there yet. Mm-hmm. It's the best blanket mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. It's like me quitting booze. I don't have the like well. I was drinking bullshit Ouija board experiment. No, but I just. But it's like quitting booze and saying, "Yeah, you know, I'm sorry what happened. I was wasted. You know, you lose that I'm get sorry out of about last night. I was just so drunk. Yeah, it's the best get out of jail free card. <laughs> and right. Science does it all the time. With yeah. no, we're just not there yet. Yeah, you know, it's like, meh, okay. You know, some of that stuff I'll give it, but other stuff right, I'm like, yeah. you know what? You've never known. 
Right. You don't know. So based on this course direction, I'm going to say you probably are never going to know. You know, you're (laughs) not going to, you know, and maybe you'll surprise me. But as of living today and how to be a good person and how to, because I am convinced with all my mind, body, and soul that your actions, not your words. Right. This is where social media sucks, by the way. Right, yes. Because everybody thinks their words does something. And they think that just throwing a little banner on their profile page says they stand and it carries some kind of weight, you know, but as you walk through life and somebody pisses you off and you're saying in your mind, you know what? I forgive you. I'm moving on. Right. Or I'm not letting that get to me. Yeah. And you carry this positivity with you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's walking the walk. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a huge difference with that. And, and that's where I think these stories of angels really just show like the walk of the walk that near death experiences. Like even when I was way off the end of just not believing any of it, that was stuff I'd look at. And it's just like, yeah, no, there's no answer for that. Right. Yeah. There's no answer for, for that other than they went through that or they think they went through that enough to where it's enough to convince them. Right. Yes. And who am I to tell them that they're wrong? Right. Yes. And that's where I kind of laugh at the real hardcore atheist it's like when someone has a profound event like that yeah how can you look them right in the eye and just say well you're wrong it's like you know how fucking moronic and idiotic you have to be and close-minded yeah fuck you You dude yeah you didn't experience any of that that. while i was in a car drowning yeah you were in your parents basement rubbing one off yeah exactly Who the fuck are you? I know what I saw. That's why I don't like, I've never seen a ghost, but like people that have these experiences, I don't say they didn't see anything. Yeah. I would sit there and maybe say, well, maybe this and this and this, Mm -hmm. but I'm still saying you saw something. Yeah. I'm not taking that away from you. I have no right to take that away from you. Who the hell am I? Right. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, but that was the one thing of the atheist crowd that I didn't enjoy. Mm -hmm. There was just none of that kind of compassion towards somebody to just no. be, you know, it's no, you're an idiot. You're stupid. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's going to be a lonely life for a long time. Denying people their truths. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a weird situation. And that's ultimately, I think it drove me away on its own. I can't wait to do an episode on St. Michael, the Archangel. And I think St. Michael, the Metatron. Archangel, Metatron, and probably I would say Raphael, it's hard to find information you know, on But Raphael. it is hard. I noticed researching yeah. it. But but those two easily, uh, we're going to do more episodes mm-hmm. with them. I, there's enough there. Oh, there's a ton there. And I really want to get into near-death experiences and their stories because yeah. I think there's a lot to be said there, mm-hmm. uh, whether you believe or don't believe, but just the fact that they lived right. is amazing. Yeah. And then to carry this, you know, like there's I'm, just I'm going so to be so work. bold as to say I Survived is one of my favorite shows. It's excellent. It's Whether really, really it's good. just the straight up I Survived stories yeah. or they, they do like. Or the like, implying connection of. Or a, the an I Survived where it's um and beyond, yeah. I think is what it is. Yeah, it's an NDE. Yeah. You know, that's, yep. yeah. With the near death experience. No, but either way. It was, I, it was very profound. Yeah. And I, you can't. You can't listen to one of those stories, you know, yeah. even as horrible as the situation that the person yeah. 
who survived lived through. You can't listen to that and and not get some sort of yeah positive message. So this was um, with the time. Yeah, I said last week that I have a story that I could bring up with this, where it was a NDE experience. It wasn't me. Okay. But uh, so here's a personal moment of mine that I'll disclose. I stand by it. It's what happened in my life. I had to go into MHU, a mental health unit. I yeah. told you about this, but I never told you this story. So for me, it was depression, and mm-hmm. I had ideas and thoughts that weren't positive, <laughs> and uh, and I volunteered to go in there. Right. Um talked to the counselor and they brought me in there. And and for those of you that don't know what that experience is like, it's terrible. Yeah. It's a terrible experience. Uh, the first day you go in there, they put you on what's called level at mm-hmm. the time. They might have a different term for it, but I remember waking up cause they drugged me up when I got there to just settle me down. Right. Yep. And I wasn't aggro or anything. Right. Like, I destroyed the kitchen in my mom's house, but that's a different type of deal. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but basically I woke up and there's this guy at the desk and I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm going to be your buddy. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I got to watch you for, it was basically 48 hours. Right. Just to make sure I wouldn't do anything do something crazy stupid, or yeah. stupid. So every time I went to the bathroom, that person followed me. Right. I couldn't shave. I couldn't be around anything sharp. I couldn't right. be around yep. any of that stuff. So then um, you're in your room by yourself. Then you get moved into another room. Basically, it's this part of the hospital. Like I said, I'm sure all this has changed now, but it was this part of this hospital. And then there was like this little teeny like chamber, this room where you could smoke it. Okay. And it was like, it was like a quarter of the size of this room. It was small. Yeah. And there was like a glass closet. Yeah. It was a glass door where they could see in there, you know, and you'd smoke cigarettes if you had them. Mm-hmm. So, Smoke them if you got no, them. No, so cigarettes was major currency there. Yeah, my friends and family helped me out with that, and it was a great experience for me because I actually learned how bad people got it. Right, and this is something that's lacking. And it was nowadays. an eye opener for you because oh, you realized because I thought I was at my lowest. Right, I thought this was the lowest I could be. Nothing can get worse than this. And then you start meeting schizophrenics and right. like just these compulsive yeah. behaviors. And you're looking like, dude, you're fucked up. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, I thought I was fucked up, but God damn. You know? <laughs> so then I get into a room and I had the room by myself. I was the only one. And, uh, and the guy told me one of the orderlies, they're like, somebody's coming. We'll have somebody here tomorrow. Trust me. Right, they're yeah. like, this is just the way it is. So the next day, um, this dude comes in, alcoholic, and his name was Gig. G-I-G, Gig. Gig. Yeah. And uh, alcoholic, second time in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just came in, sober him up for a while, and then, you know, let him go. Lather, rinse, and, repeat. Yeah. So I start getting along with this guy because we're sharing a room together and we're talking. This guy works at a farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's talking to uh, his dad. So there's a, a farm tractor. Yeah. Uh, not like the huge, huge ones, but kind of just like the average size tractors. Yeah. With the wheels that are about like nine feet tall yeah. or whatever. So he's got the tractor there and it's facing the barn and the back of it's facing the farm. Mm-hmm. Acres and acres. His dad goes into the, uh, the barn messes around in there he was checking out something with the tractor while it was running catched in the gear and it started running over him 
Right. And it ran yep. over his leg, half of his body, and then he turned his head and it just caught like the side of his side head. Of his, yeah. But here's the problem. The tractor's just going out into the field. Mm-hmm. His dad's in the barn, literally like tw- 30 yards, 20 yards away from right. him. Right. Yeah. Nobody Doors knows. open. Nobody knows. He hears a tractor. He just thinks gig's working. Right. Yeah. So he's laying there mm-hmm. dying. Yes. And uh, he says, finally, uh, they find him. He doesn't know really the time of it and all right. that. And I mean, and you could tell something was wrong with this guy. He didn't walk right. And he's yeah. got scars all over. He's showing me the operations. He's running on like a quarter of a lung. Jesus. Just all that. Yeah. And just drinking booze. Cause he's just like, dude, I live from that. <laughs> Fuck. I can live from anything, you know, super cool guy, but I felt bad for him, but he was talking about how he was in, uh, he remembered everything he was saying. Mm-hmm. And like they brought him into the, uh, ambulance mm-hmm. and they're going to the hospital and he can hear them talking like I'm losing I'm losing them I'm losing yeah. pressure yep I've lost them yep and then I could he said I could hear them trying to bring me back the resuscitation yep. then this like angelic form comes through mm-hmm. and just he said basically he felt like he was being carried by this entity just mm-hmm. holding him yep so he wasn't going anywhere. No. Wasn't the, moving. The but angel just was like, holding him. Like this light was yeah. around him. It wasn't a form, you yep. know, wasn't like a human form, but just this light. And just talking to him, like, it was believable. Like, yes. you know, I mean, I, I grew up with a pathological liar. Right. You yeah. know, in the family. So, like, I can sniff a lie a, a mile away. And this, it's just, like, so compelling. And you could see it in his eyes. And at one point, he's tearing up. Right, and, yes. And, and, uh, they brought him back mm-hmm. and then did all these operations that uh, his wounds were so bad. And I can relate to this to a certain degree because I'm allergic to pain meds. They couldn't give him any of the medication like pain meds. Right. Because his system was at such a fragile state. It would have yep. killed him. Yep. So he had to go through all that with no pain meds and all yeah. that stuff. And now he was just in physical pain. That's why he drank. Right. Yeah. To kind of numb things numb out. Yep. Yeah. Really crazy story. But. He looked at me. He goes, there's something there. Right. Yeah. He goes, I don't know if it's God. I don't know what it is. He's like, but there was something there. Something was holding me in. Yeah. And wasn't letting me out. And I was just like, holy shit. And he tells me this when we're laying going like hours out to go to bed. So, you know, my mind, he tells me that. And then he just goes right to bed. Guess who didn't sleep that night? I was up Do-da. for days. It's like every time I rolled over, I'd stare at him and be like, holy shit. You know? Oh, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's where I look back at like things happen in your life for yeah. a reason. Yeah. There is a reason there. Yeah. There's something to learn. And like, I look at that whole experience. I could have looked at it as a, a tragedy, weakness, uh, all of this stuff that would just push me down harder and harder and harder. Instead, it but elevated Instead, you there was all up. these things that elevated me, brought yeah. me up and, and clung to that. And, yep. and uh, yeah, it was really just incredible experience. I haven't told that story in a long, long, long time. But it was so amazing. Like, I remember it. Right, yeah. Like, he I did. saw... Yeah, but I remember it like I saw him yeah. yesterday. And and his words at the end there where he's just like, there's something there. Yes. You know, he's like, I don't know what it is. I don't yeah. have the answers for that. He's like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not, right. you know, but he's like, but there is something there. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just like, holy cow. And then I'm up for eight hours. Then I got to eat breakfast, start the day all over again with the loon bats, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, that's Angels. Yep. We're definitely going to revisit these. I. Without a doubt. I can't wait. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to do it. And uh, next week to end Holy Month. We're giving you a twofer. Twofer, yeah. I will be doing Borley Rectory. Yeah. And you will be doing St. Joseph's Staircase. Yes. I love that story. I have the notes done for uh, St. Joseph's Staircase already. and uh, It also happens to be an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Yes. Yes. Yes, it does. Ta-da! <laughs> oh, if they had trivia for Unsolved Mysteries, I think you would. I could crush it. I think you could. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's something else. <laughs> So, yeah, the Borley uh, Rectory and St. Joseph's Staircase. Uh, Jen and I, we decided to do uh, this year some more of the Jen does one, I does one. Yeah. I does one. Yeah. The last one we did like this was the uh, Snedeker family and uh, the Tallman family. family. With another Unsolved Mystery story. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, Jen. (laughs) <laughs> and then in may we're uh rolling past holy month and getting back into the uh the oldies oh we're getting the goodies into, we're getting into some juicy nuggets for yeah may, guys. yeah may's looking may's looking saucy it's uh so is june if i'm being honest yeah 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 no we uh we're we're proud of this lineup we yep. got uh like we said before season one was our technical how we doing this how we doing yeah. that Season two, we're just being us. That's yep. it. Apparently, it's enjoyable to this some. This is how we do it. Apparently, it's enjoyable to some. <laughs> so with that, rule number one. No VG boards. No Barbie boards. That's a, No. No. I don't care if it's a Doctor Who Ouija yeah. or You know what they're Barbie. doing? They're making them like Clue and Monopoly boards. They're just like throwing yeah, a theme. Yeah, I know they them. are. Yeah. I don't care who the <laughs> licensed party is. I don't is. care. You almost went your mom. I don't care who. I know. I almost did a full choice. <laughs> I'll save that for another time Jeez. for you guys. <laughs> yeah, either way, you're not ready for it. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. I like the disclaimer there. That's and, a- you know, a cult can be defined. I mean, I know we've done the pretty, um, some of them are more nefarious than others. Well, yeah, there's but, non-abusive and abusive cults. Yes, yeah. yes, there are. But, mm-hmm. you know, anytime where you've got to drink the freaking Kool-Aid, maybe... The Maybe one you just take a step back. The and, one you can't leave, you know. That's, yeah, that's but the, also too, yeah. there can be toxic cults where, oh, yeah. you know, you can come and go it as you please, but just being a part of it is toxic in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. But you don't realize it because you're knee deep. The membership dues are it. steep. Talking to you, <laughs> talking to you, the dirt on boo. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a freaking cult. Yeah. We'll 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 cover that another day. Mm-hmm. Seeing how you got kicked out of that uh that group on the first day, I called them on their bullshit. Yeah, and no, and like, that's what happens. And they're like, move, bye. Yeah, 
Gen who? <laughs> Click. Exactly. Yeah. Well, now they're shut down. So yeah. I kind of feel rather like vindicated. Yeah. Yeah. Feel pretty good about it. Oh, myself. we got a six? No apathy. Yeah. You need to act to help enact a positive change in the world. Mm-hmm. If your neighbor is abusing their pet, yeah. their child, yeah. you got to step up. The days of, oh, that's not my problem. No, but I think because like. Because a lot of times it can become your problem, whether you want it to or not. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes those people, as someone who was there, I would have appreciated if someone had stepped in. I think, again, though, that goes with the podcast where I don't think things have changed much. Because, no. like, Sylvia Likens is a great example. Of, oh. Yeah. Speaking of Sylvia Likens. I brought that up on purpose. <laughs> Shout out to Diana, uh, Diana Klein-Taylor, one of our OGs. She is an OG uh, horror fanatic. Mm -hmm. She found Sylvia Likens' headstone at the cemetery. And she sent us uh, a photo of it, and we will post that in the group. Thank you, Diana, for doing the legwork, doing the hard work for us. And someday... Apparently she lived... It was within walking distance of where she lives. It's crazy. Um, Yeah, it is. Someday we'll get there and we'll pay our respects. Yeah. I think that'd be... Because that story still affects me. Well, no, but that gets back to the the rule. That gets back to the apathy. Yeah. Those neighbors let that happen. They let her die. Yeah. And fuck that shit. Yeah. No. No, it's... it's, uh... One person that tells the truth can tear down tyranny. You know, that's all it takes. Yeah. It's one honest voice. Yeah. And tyranny isn't just something of a government or something like no. that. It's, yeah. it's a house where a kid is stuck and yeah. can't get out. And, and literally there's a, you know, it's not just the system, the government and all that. A system could be a, a home, a family. Yes. That could be a system that holds someone down. That entire community failed and that the, girl. Yeah, the whole entire community fell in. It's uh, If you don't know anything about the story, and you agree with Rule 6, check out Sylvia Likens. Yes. It's season one. Yes. Episode 32. Yes. Have and tissues. My favorite rule. Don't let the black-eyed children in. Don't do it. No. No ketchup for their apples. Don't no. give them an apple. Don't no, give them anything. Don't give them anything. Nothing. Don't even open the door. No. Nope. Nope. Just pre- pretend you didn't hear them. Yeah, yeah. Number eight, just listen. Yes. I like eight. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Just Not listen. even going to lie. Just listen. Okay. So next week, we're... Uh, Orly Rectory and yeah. St. Joseph's Staircase. Yeah, we, we already covered that. So we just need to shut her down. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. Have a lovely week. Make good choices. Take care.